All right, honey. So let me get this straight. Today we're talking about Joseph who has a woman practically begging for Dick and uh, then he gets thrown in prison and then he's put ahead of the prison and then there's something about three days and seven years, seven months. Seven's a prophetic number being laid out here again. And and then we have Ben Carson to jump in and, and say that grain was stored in, in the pyramids. I mean, is that a good summary of what, what's going to happen today? Sort of, but I think it's important that we out, well, that we, you know, let people know that this woman didn't want Ben Carson's dick. Oh, yeah. So, uh, sorry if I was a little, a little um, vague in that. The woman uh, was wanting Joseph's dick so hard that she was practically cornering him and nearly raping him. And then there's a fake rape claim against Joseph concerning the, the woman. And so that's why he gets thrown in jail. Obviously, God can't lift a finger to help this fucker out. But, you know, he can give him the power to interpret dreams, which apparently is a superpower. The worst X-Man superpower, I might add. Um, Joseph is an X-Man? X-Men? He X- is. He's the first X-Man. He's, he's, he's before Logan. He is before everybody. Joseph. <laughs> Watch out, you world. I'm going to interpret your green dreams, girl. Who's is Logan the wolf one? You, no, um, well, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the godless engineer. <laughs> Welcome, heathen. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to join us today for this uh, Daily Bible podcast. Uh, as you know, we try to do this every Tuesday, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have today is a special episode because it's one of a three-parter. Yes. Uh, we're, this is one single story that is going to span across three days. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about Joseph and apparently his massive cock that just is is being begged for everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the one woman, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. Maybe the other women don't know cuz if they did, they would beg for it. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's like redwood thick apparently. They don't talk about the size of his dick, John. No, but she does she's begging for it. I don't know why. Because I mean, the dude's gay anyways, right? No. What? No. You'll see here in a minute. It describes him as a gay motherfucker. No, it doesn't. Y'all just wait. Let's start. Y'all have this whole summary about this so far. But I want to start off by saying, just to remind everybody, Joseph is Jacob's son. Jacob, Israel. Okay. Joseph is his not youngest son. I fucked that up last time, but it it's he's his second to youngest son. The youngest son is, son is Benjamin. So Joseph's brothers, Joseph was the favorite though. Was was Jacob's favorite. So last episode, which was 2 weeks ago, sorry about that. Um he was sold into slavery. 
Yeah, he was sold to the um, Ishmaelites. Yeah. Yes. Ish, ish, not not E. Sorry. I, was thinking, <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking like Euphrates or I don't know. <laughs> it was the Euphratesites, you know, those fuckers that live on the river. <laughs> Down here in the south, we just call them, you know, they, bayou people. Oh, yeah. They don't live in the trailer park. They live down by the river. They live on the river. They're they're the people that catch alligator like wrestle alligators with their dicks. Why is everything about dick with you? Because today is all about dick. Because that one woman wants Joseph's dick so bad. But that's only the very beginning of the story. Okay, so anyways. Now y'all have where Joseph, who, you know, you have a little bit of perspective. Reminder who Joseph is. Okay. So Joseph was taken uh, to Egypt um, and sold to Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's officials. He was the captain of the guard. And uh, the Ishmaelites sold sold him to to this to this guy. As usual, God is with his people, right? So, or the you know the individual select few people that he decides to be with. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered and lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Um, also, I'm sorry about this, but this is starting off Genesis chapter 39. We're going to go through actually several chapters of Genesis um, throughout the story. Today, I think we go through three or four, or maybe um, maybe we go through three. I don't know, but by the time we're done with this, we're going to have gone through um, eight chapters of Genesis. So Interesting. Yeah. I feel like they don't know how to properly chapter a story. I agree, and I don't really understand why it is this way, but this is this is how it works. So, um, when uh, when his Egyptian master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes of his master and became his attendant. And Potiphar ended up putting him in charge of his entire household, all of his lands, everything he owned, um, because. Uh, the Lord blessed him. So in turn, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Um, wait, 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 wait. I mean, I get blessing Joseph, but I mean, why is, why is God blessing the heathen there? Or at least the heathen by, by God's standards, because I mean, the Egyptian is going to believe in, you know, like Osiris and shit. You, yes, you would think that, but the reason that Potiphar puts Joseph in charge is because he sees that the God of Abraham is with him. So I don't really understand why that has meaning to him. Technically, it wouldn't have had meaning to him. I mean, he would have known about Judaism, right? Um, but it would not have had meaning to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that this is one of those instances where it's more from the perspective of the the Jewish writer that, yeah. is, that is making this shit up because it's 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 false. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm betting that that's it. That you know he's he's inserting his own uh, biases on this and is and is characterizing the guys being like, oh, I recognize your uh, Abraham's God is with you and all this shit. And and probably the guy was just like, he gets shit done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure that it was that that Joseph worked really well for him, and so that's why he promoted him. And the house prospered because Joseph was a hard worker, not because. 
the Lord blessed Joseph, so the Lord blessed the house of Potiphar because Potiphar put him in charge. Right. You know, so it's, it is what it is. But I just love how, like, um, you, you know, you won't you won't have Christians that that'll question that. It's like, oh yeah, of course he recognized that Abraham or the God of Abraham's with this motherfucker. Like, the, the people people don't ever think like that, like like the actual ramifications of like an Egyptian being like, oh yeah, God of Abraham, no that fuck had to drink with them last week. You know. <laughs> well, so what's interesting, and and I find this with most Christians that I know. Um, and have known in my life is that they have a significant case of tunnel vision, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's excessive. Um, they see everything obviously through the eyes of a Christian and the whole, their whole world perspective is that of Christianity and that Christianity rules kind of like Americans, like Americans think that everything's about them Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just see the world differently. Like even even, and, you know, I try to be, you know, culturally educated for the most part. But like even this week, I um, wished one of my friends who lives in New Zealand a happy Father's Day because it's Father's Day in the United States. It was, you know, on Sunday. Well, Father's Day in New Zealand isn't until September, but it didn't even occur to me that it might be on a different day, right? So this is kind of when a Christian is reading, or I mean, a Jew or a Christian is reading this, the Old Testament, Genesis, they're going to see it and they're not even going to think about the fact that the God of Abraham is not important to the Egyptians. Right. Like they're not even going to think about that being a thing. Sure. They're just going to think, oh, this guy, you know, he's blessing. He he is, um, you know, being good to Joseph because God is with him and he knows God is with him. So he needs to be good to him and God is good to him, too. Mm-hmm. And so they they just they see it. They don't even think about the fact that he wouldn't worship the God of Abraham. Right. So anyway, um. He left Joseph, he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except for the food that he ate. Um, so this is where we talk about Joseph a little bit. He is well built, so I guess. Here comes gay shit, guys. Go ahead. And handsome. Well, well built and handsome. Why is that gay? Because, I mean, you know a man wrote this and, you know, like, I don't know. It just seems like the even the writers want to suck on that Joseph dick. So a non-gay person can't appreciate another person's physical attributes. Look, if I'm going to describe a guy, I might say that you know he he's well built or something like that, or or you know he he's jacked, something like that. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, he's pretty boy and and he's 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 got some muscle on him. <laughs> I can't even with the noises. Quit it. Quit it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that the writer of this portion really sounds like he wants on that Joseph Dick, too. Just saying. (laughs) I think you're reading a little too much into it. Okay. Well, everybody discuss in the comment below if if, if I'm reading too much into this, but it just really seems like he's... But that still doesn't make Joseph gay. 
Well, no, but it's again about the biases of the writer. You know, he's he's true. It doesn't make Joseph gay. But earlier, you said Joseph was gay. Well, yeah, okay, true. But I, I just with 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 how he's running away from Dick all the time, or not Dick, sorry, with how he, <laughs> <laughs> with with how he's running away from like free pussy the entire time. I I, I think that you know it it kind of warrants it. It's like, mm-mm, my man Joseph, he don't want no puss puss. Mm-mm. He, 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 wa- he wants that long log. It isn't that he doesn't want a woman, John. <laughs> it's that the woman is his master's wife, which y'all don't know yet. But, but um, his master's wife took notice of Joseph because he was well-built and handsome. And she asked him to come to bed with her a lot. A lot. Okay. Well, let, let, let's continue. Everybody discuss down below. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you're just perverted. A- am I? That wouldn't be the first time that's <laughs> happened. So, he refused. Joseph refused her and said, with me in charge, um, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. So one day he went to the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants were inside. Master's wife, so it's Potiphar's wife, she caught Joseph by the cloak and pulled him to her and said, come to bed with me. He left his cloak in her hand. So I guess he just kind of maybe like, if, if you're going to get a visual, he probably just kind of like turned around and like ran away. And lost all of his clothes. Well, his and, cloak. Huh? His cloak. He wasn't naked. He was, apparently, according to her... He was on top of her about about to to shove his redwood in her. No. Okay. So I'm just saying, it it, it I, I think that it's vague enough to where it, he could he could have been completely nude under that that cloak. What kind of fucking Jew walks around completely nude under a cloak? A frugal Jew. No, they're all frugal, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do I know? I I couldn't I couldn't afford the rest of the outfit. I just got the cloak. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> so when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand, she ran out of the house and called to the household servants. Look, she said to them, "This Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house." Okay, look, in context, I mean I mean, listen, okay. Who honestly, who out there would would, would see like their their significant other like freaking uh, uh, um uh carrying a dude's coat and being like, Look, look, some guy tried to rape me, what are you gonna do about it? Like, I, I, I can promise you anybody would look at that one and be like, Are are you are you serious? I just saw him run out of here with a scared look on his face. Fully clothed. 
Well, but so yet he forgot his coat. Well, so she said he ran away because she screamed, and so he was worried somebody would come to her, her aid. We all know that cheating men run away without their clothes on. So, you know, <laughs> I mean. But he wouldn't be the one. It, it would. Well, no, I, I, I don't know, I know what rapists do because I don't make company of them. <laughs> Well, but, no, I'm just no, I'm 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 just saying, like like she's trying to say that that he almost raped her, and and trying to fornicate with her. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be a hard sell for anybody that's carrying around just a coat, being like he tried to rape me, and like he's standing there fully clothed. And it's just like I'm just missing my coat. Yeah, like I think that's that's like the lamest attempt at a rape claim. Well, she didn't need much because here's the deal. Her husband was the master of the house and and he was a servant. He was he was a slave, honestly. I mean he he was a house chew. <laughs> Why does that sound so racist? <laughs> he he's just a lonely house Jew. Somebody didn't uh wasn't that on the news that um Bill Maher said that? Not house Jew. The other word, yes, that we Didn't can't he say we like can't. last week or the I, week before or something. He he might have. I mean, it's Bill Maher. I don't know. My mom said something to me about it, and I was like, "He did what?" <laughs> okay. Anyways, enough enough arguing over pedantic things <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> well, so she kept the cloak beside her because apparently she couldn't set it down um, until her, until the master of the house came home Potiphar until he came home and then she told him the story that Hebrew slave you bought bought us came to me to make sport of me but as soon as I screamed for help he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house so when the master heard the story he threw uh Joseph into prison did no trial no nothing he was just pissed and put him in prison no matter his reputation with the master you know i'm not saying you know you don't investigate a rape claim but he didn't investigate a rape claim he just got pissed and threw joseph in prison yeah and and just so you guys know as he was throwing joseph in prison he was like where's your god now what well my point is is that it's like where where is this Abrahamic God that's been blessing him this entire time? But yet oh. a rape claim comes up, and God's just like, I I'm sorry, man. I'm at lunch. I can't do anything about it right now. Just put it in the outbox or inbox or whatever kind of box. I don't know that woman's box. <laughs> well, so God's still with him. Listen, how is everything, God still with him? Listen, because everything happens for a reason. He's gonna save Egypt. He's going to save the entire world because he got thrown in this prison. I feel, I feel like you're a Jewish mom right now trying to reassure like <laughs> Joseph, like, oh, honey, you are going to save the entire world. You don't worry. Well, this it's what happens. I mean, it's what happens in this story. So I think I think this is a good story to kind of teach I mean, not good to teach. I I don't think that people should teach their children this, but I think this is a good example of why Christians think that everything happens for a reason and why people say that when bad shit happens. Like, hey, you know, when one door closes, another door opens. And like, well, you know, uh, well, um, no, in God this case, has a plan. In, in this case, it's when one door closes, you're in jail. 
<laughs> Your ass but, is in jail. <laughs> but he's in jail for now. He's in jail for now. And it doesn't matter because listen to this shit. When he's in prison, the same exact thing happens to him, happens to Joseph, as did in uh, Potiphar's house. So the warden saw that God was with Joseph and um, granted him, it granted him favor. Um, so the warden put Joseph in charge of all of the people held in the prison. He was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So he became a house Jew for the prison. Yeah. <laughs> we have it happening once. Yes. And, and then it turns around and it happens again. Yes. My guess, because of the rule of three, is that it's going to happen, maybe not exactly that, but but in a similar way, a third time. Yes. Okay, awesome. Let's go. But not yet. So, sometime later, we don't know how fucking long later, um, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, which is the, um, the pharaoh, um, also, if you don't know, a cup bearer is a butler. I don't, I don't understand the fucking need to use the word cup bearer when you could just use the word butler, but whatever. Um, the cup bearer and the baker, they pissed Pharaoh off. Don't know what they did, but he got mad and threw them in prison. And so they were in prison, in the same prison as Joseph with the chief... Um, uh, Captain of the Guard guy. Luckily, the candlestick maker was out on bail. <laughs> I don't think they have bail in Egyptian prisons. Do they not? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I've never been to Egypt. Okay. Well, may, may, maybe the candlestick maker was just fine in his room. Maybe. Making candlesticks out of his earwax because he's a crazy freak. Has anybody ever told you you're a crazy freak? You do. Oh, okay. After the cup holder... And the baker had been in prison for some time. We don't know how long. Um, they each had a dream the same night um, that meant different things. They were different dreams. They weren't the same dream, but they had a dream. Um, so Joseph came to them the next morning because he saw that they were, word of the day in the Bible, dejected. Dejected, meaning upset. Or depressed. Sad. Yeah. So, um, I it just feel like that's a big word for the Bible. Don't well, it know? is, especially in contrast with having cup bearer instead of something more elegant. Yeah. <laughs> Describing people by what they fucking do all day. It's like, oh, who's that? Oh, yeah, that's toilet shitter. <laughs> all he does is sit on the toilet and shit all day because he's got dysentery. He's going to die in a week. Why? Why toilet jokes? How does your brain go there? Never mind. I don't want to know. <laughs> um, so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody why they were so sad because he saw Joseph saw that they were sad. And so they told him we both had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. It was dream interpretation, apparently a ginormous thing. Um well, I mean, like, do they, you think the Pharaoh has, like, dream interpreters? Like, they, they just have, like, a shack set up in, in, like, the palace, and it's like, oh, had a dream last night. Midget crawling along, along the beach, pulled a seashell, and shoved it up his ass. What does that mean? Ancient and old, old like, 
royalty, which in this case would be, right? Um, they had seers. They well, they had people who would, you know, had the gift of foresight, people who would make shit up and be vague enough to where it could be true no matter what happened. Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So apparently God is the almighty interpreter of shit. Wait, wait. So Joseph is like, is God not the owner of this shit? Tell it to me. It's like, you're not fucking God. Who the fuck are you? Who's this guy? Well, no, but God is with him. Remember? So apparently God is going to speak through him to them. Which I don't yeah, understand don't the need that. for, but I don't understand the need for because God appears throughout Genesis already so far. God, God's angels. I don't understand why this is necessary, but God is with Joseph because Joseph is the interpreter of dreams. <laughs> so you want you want to hear about the butler's dream? Yes. The cup bearer. The cup bearer. Yes. The chief cup bearer. <laughs> I really want that on a business card. Uh, you know what? If Chief Cupbearer, that I can see having is ha, ha, you know being able to see the personal seer. Well, this is the Chief Cupbaker Cupbearer. <laughs> the Chief. <laughs> <laughs> They've merged into one Fuck. now. They've melted. <laughs> the Chief Cupbearer and the Chief Baker. That's who these two people were. Okay. Okay. So. The chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed. And its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and squeezed them into his cup and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to them. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. Uh, very, very odd um, uh, uh, parallel, or, or I guess maybe foreshadowing. Because the Old Testament in the, in the, in the Bible mm-hmm. is a Christianized version of like the Torah... And Septuagint and right. other thing, right? Right. Uh, so with with it saying three days, like three days will pass, mm-hmm. they will be risen up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I mean, this is very, uh, I guess, allegorical to the New Testament, very uh, foreshadowing mm-hmm. so, of the Jesus story. Yes, of Jesus. Three days, bitches. <laughs> When all goes well with you, the, okay, so this is Joseph again. Sorry, we got a little middle, middle of the story here. Um, so Joseph tells the cupbearer, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison, for I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. So he's like, when you get out of prison, you tell that motherfucker, get me out too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the baker's dream. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation to the cupbearer's dream, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. 
The three baskets are three days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree. Now, oh, well, let me finish. And the birds will eat away your flesh. So. Oh, God. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's like oh oh and and eat away your flesh. Of yes, course, you should you flesh. should know that. But uh, this uh, this is radically different from the other guy, but also very reminiscent of um of of the New Testament mm-hmm. because uh the it, it, because the the um sacrifice yeah uh of of Jesus is uh you know you you kill um. Yeah, it's a Yom Kippur. Sorry, I'm no, I'm kind of rambling around it, but um, the sacrifice of Jesus is uh, basically replacement for the Yom Kippur ritual in Judaism. You kill one and you let one go, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, I, I, I I'm I have a feeling that this is uh, very um, connected to that because you have one that is being let go, mm-hmm. and you have one that is being killed. When they actually do this throughout the Bible, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a, well, I mean, it's a common theme, like the yacht, the whole Yom Kippur structure, I guess, mm-hmm. very common. Do you remember the video that you did about um, oh, leprosy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you would have to get doves, and you would kill one, and you would let the other one go, mm-hmm. and that was that. That's just it's a common thing. Um, it it is a very common theme. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. Um. So, I also have to point out, um, in this section where it says, "Lift off your head and hang you on a tree." Now, there are a couple definition different in interpretations of the word "hang" in the in the Bible. How how it was translated. So, "hang" could mean hung, like you would hang someone from a tree, or it could mean impaled and your head stuck on a pole. Yeah, so you might want to clarify next time you tell someone you you got hung up on something. <laughs> I got real fucked up yesterday. I got impaled. <laughs> <laughs> this traffic is really impaling me up. <laughs> I don't know. I... Anyway, um, so let's continue. The third day was Pharaoh's birthday. So that this was the third day after the dreams, okay? Um, and he gave he had a feast for all of his officials. So he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged or or impaled uh, the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Um, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. I don't know why they have to say it in two different ways, but whatever. I just <laughs> want to make sure you understood. He didn't remember and he forgot. Redundancy is also yes. a common thing in the Bible. Yes. Um, so then two full years passed. Okay. And everything is, I guess, status quo. Um, and Pharaoh had a dream. So Pharaoh was standing by the Nile. Um, when he got out of the river, um, 
there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, um, and they grazed among the reeds. After those cows came up seven other cows that were ugly and gaunt. Um, and they stood beside those on the riverbank. The cows that were ugly and gaunt ate the seven sleek fat cows. And then Pharaoh woke up. Okay. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. <clears throat> seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up, and he'd, he'd obviously been dreaming. Um, in the morning, he was troubled, so he sent for all of the magicians and wise men of Egypt. So I guess maybe he didn't have a seer, but he had magicians and wise men. Um, well, yeah, but he said he, he sent for all of them in Egypt, not in mm -hmm. the palace. Yes. So it, it still, it makes me wonder why the the uh, cupbearer and bread riser were in the prison and they were like, but there's no one to interpret our dreams. Like, uh, I, I guess maybe they went into town and saw somebody. I have uh, no I guess idea. Maybe. I mean, it just... I don't know. It's just one of those small things that doesn't make sense, but it's it's the small details that often, uh, you know, get uh, get you fucked. Yeah, all these fucking people came to the pharaoh, and he told them the dream, and no one, but nobody could interpret it. Nobody knew what the fuck it meant. So, the chief cupbearer, he seeing what's going on, hearing what's going on, he tells Pharaoh, "I'm reminded." Of my shortcomings, uh, Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the home of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each of us the interpretation of his of our dreams. So uh, things turned out exactly as he had interpreted them. Um, I was restored to my position and the other man was hanged or in, impaled. Um, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph um, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Um, they shaved him and he had got a change of clothes and then he was before Pharaoh. Um, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So Joseph tells Pharaoh, I can't do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he, des he desires. So, and then the next fucking Genesis chapter 41, 17 through 24, if you really want to go fucking read it, it's the exact same copy-paste, right? Er, copy-paste um, from uh, Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8. Exactly the same story. He just tells the story again. That's it. Two well, dreams. Uh, the cows oh, and the grain. Right. He, he just has them again. No, he doesn't have the dream again. Oh. He re he repeats, he regurgitates the dreams to Joseph. Oh, okay. But I don't need to read them again because it's legit copy-paste work here. Well, my feeling is is that the writer of this particular book is like, look, we've got to pad this shit, okay? <laughs> we, we need to come up with some stuff that just make it longer. Oh, I know. Just repeat the shit over and over again. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I'm so glad you're here with this. Yeah. Well, so he he told Joseph, I told this to the magicians, but none of them could explain it to me. So Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one in the same dream. The seven lean ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It, I mean, if you guys haven't haven't been keeping up, but seven's a very prophetic number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, with Jacob, uh, he worked for seven years to get the one daughter. Accidentally fucked the wrong daughter, or well, accidentally got the wrong daughter, fucked her, and then mm-hmm. kind of like at a restaurant when you eat your entire meal, and then like, oh wait, I didn't order a vegetarian burger, <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. Um, and and then he worked another seven years. To get Rachel. To get Rachel, which is mm-hmm. the one that he wanted. And then mm-hmm. I think, didn't he stay after that, like another 14 or seven, seven years? Another seven years following after he, well, so he worked seven years, fucked Leah, had a week of honeymoon, then married Rachel, mm-hmm. and then worked another seven years to pay off Rachel. And then he stayed another seven years following that. Right. So this succession of seven years is like, a, is seen as a prophetic thing in, Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's no surprise here that you've got seven, seven, and then I'm wondering if if you have like another seven after that, or or maybe uh, th- this is just a succession of two sevens, maybe. Like I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure we'll we'll figure it out as we go through the Bible. Yeah, it is just as I as I have said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason that the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. So it's like I can't just give you one dream. I got to make sure you know I'm fucking serious. So here's another one. (laughs) Oh, okay. So he has three dreams. Two. Oh. The cows and the grain. Okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. My bad. So he's got the cows and the grain, and it's just God. But they're the same dream. He's It's just God being serious. Hey, don't make me repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) Except I'm going to repeat myself because I really like to repeat myself. Um, Joseph basically comes up with a plan for Pharaoh. He says, all right, we're going to have all of this abundance throughout Egypt. Um, in the next seven years. So we have to really plan for the years of famine following or else everybody's going to fucking die, right? Um, So that was the point. That was the point of the dream was to save these people, which is interesting that God would care one fucking iota for anybody in Egypt, right? Um, So I, I don't really understand this story at all. However, Joseph says, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. I feel like he's trying to tell him, hey, hey, put me in charge of shit, please. (laughs) But I'm going to make it out. I'm going to make it out like I'm not asking you to put me in charge of shit. Okay. Um, Totes, totes, not (laughs) not begging for it. Okay. Was like it's kind of like reverse psychology going on, sort of. He doesn't say it's not really reverse because he doesn't say don't put me in charge, but he says find a wise man and put him in charge. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during 
each of the seven years of abundance. They should collect all of the food these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of the Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by famine. Okay. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh so uh, and the officials. His officials also heard it. Um, so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one who is in the spirit of God? Um, then the Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only one, only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So here's the third time that Joseph has been put in charge of all of the things. Yeah, because of the favor of, of, of the God. God. Yes, that the Egyptians don't give two shits about. Right. Right. But also, this is, uh, I mean, I mean, th- th- this whole story, though, is the basis for prophetic numbers and, and uh, you know, prophecies and whatnot in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, th- this is a, th- that's why this particular story takes place over three days in the daily Bible here. Yeah. Because it's, it's so, uh, it's so important to Jewish theology. Yeah. Um, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then he took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. What? So you're telling me that Pharaoh was like, yo, dog, here's some bling bling. And then I'm going to pimp that rum, motherfucker. Look (laughs) at this shit. It's got spinning rounds. They spin and they spin and they spin in. Sort of, yes. (laughs) So he he put him in a chariot as his second in command and uh, men shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Men shouted before him. I just imagine a whole lot of men lining up going, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they shouted something, whatever it says that they shouted, but still the visual of them being like, ah, ah, is just so fucking funny to me. <laughs> so I know you can't see this book, so you don't understand, but one, but I'll explain to you. It's really pretty simple concept they have footnotes okay so there are footnotes throughout the book that kind of explain when there are uh, multiple and multiple translations of things or different interpretations um what names mean things like that um so it's interesting in this in this passage they have a footnote where they're talking about god and it says of it the footnote is or of the god's so it could be translated well, to a polytheistic. Well, which I guess would make sense given that he's the pharaoh is Egyptian. Well, so it says in the spirit of God or of the gods. So Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's of course Pharaoh in the context right there. It's Pharaoh right. that's talking. So he's talking about gods in general. But what's but, interesting is the way that this is written. Mm-hmm. 
is they write it in the spirit of God. They write it monotheistically, even though Pharaoh would have been polytheistic. Well, right. This, again, highlights the bias of, of the Jewish author that actually penned this pile of shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've actually heard a, a um, uh, I guess she's she's a scholar, professor, teaching uh, person that, that teaches on um, the theology of Jews in the first century. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they te- she, she has this concept of it being... Um, not monotheistic, but uh, uh, mono, I can't remember the words that she uses, but how, how it's explained is that they, like the the Judeans, uh, the uh, Abrahamic God people, mm-hmm. Jews, they believe and serve this one God, right. but they acknowledge other gods existing. So it's kind oh, of like okay. a pantheon of gods that exist. And they primarily serve Abraham. They worship the the Abrahamic God. But they recognize that there are other gods. Right. Uh, and I think that probably, and I, I don't know this, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that if you were to look at the actual Greek or Aramaic words for God in this instance, that is where this footnote comes in. Right. Because it, it, it probably is one word that could mean both or has been used to mean both. Right. So that's why it's probably vague. And that's why you would need some kind of clarifying thing to say definitely one way or another. Well, so to be fair, at this time, like Genesis time, the commandments, the Ten Commandments aren't a thing yet so they wouldn't really they wouldn't really have the perspective of i am the only god well no even even in the even in the um ten commandments though he says thou shalt worship no other gods before me so even like it seems in the writing that even God recognizes that the Abrahamic God recognizes that there's other gods. Well, even when you progress further and and you get to like Deuteronomy, where it's the uh, Jewish laws and mm-hmm. whatnot, the, it, he it even expresses that there are other gods. So it's throughout uh, Jewish theology that there are other gods that Jews just worship the Abrahamic God. So I wonder why it is that now, okay, fast forward to now. Why Christians are so certain and so staunch about the fact that there is only one God, period. They don't even recognize the possibility of there being any other God and that they just worship one of others. They don't necessarily, it's not even that they don't believe in the others, it's that no others exist, period. Well, I think that's just a consequence of time and uh, exposing the religion to other cultures. Yeah, that it 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 became worked in that it was you know that there were that it, he's the only God, you know, and and eventually it would get watered down. Although, and the reason why we can say that they recognized other gods existing, just they served the one God, is because of like in um. I believe it's uh, in the very beginning of Genesis when uh, God uses like uh, plural pronouns like yes. us and them uh, or, or us, we, uh, you know, and all that. Yeah, in Genesis, I mean, in the very first chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
um, there, there's, there's that where that's, but I mean, even then that's a concept of having multiple gods in the Judean, like, uh, in the Jewish theology, because you've got, uh, well, as far as the old Testament goes, which is what we're reading, because you got God, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Those are the us kind of thing. Oh, but, that's how they make it out to be. Yeah. Right. But, but I mean, even, even throughout it, they recognize that there are other cultures that have these other gods like Baal, like Baal, Baal's another God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, it's just all throughout it where it's talking about other gods. Yeah. Well, so anyway, back to, Back to the story. Um, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephenith Pania. So he gave him a new name. What's with this renaming shit like halfway through your life? I don't can know. I, can I do that now? Can I Can I be like zippity Doodah? Can I change my name to like zippity Doodah? I really prefer that you don't. Okay. But I, I'm just saying, like, it's just kind of yes. weird. Yes, you can go down to Social Security office and change your name to whatever the fuck you want it to be. Well, no, well, yeah, but, I mean, okay, I know that I can change my name to whatever the fuck. But, I mean, like, <laughs> this is other people, like, giving other people names. Yeah. And it, it just seems weird. It's like if I came into work one day, I looked at Jeff, and I was like, Jeff, you are now Scott. <laughs> 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 well, so, to be fair... Jeff slash Scott doesn't belong to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, Joseph slash Zephenith Pania belongs to Pharaoh. Oh, yeah, that's because humans are property in the Bible, which is a concept that we shit on regularly nowadays. Yeah. Okay. Well, so he renamed him, and then he gave him... Um, Potiphera, a priest, a priest in the land, gave him his daughter, um, Asenath. Okay. That sounds like a disease. Potiphera? What do you got? I got a bad case of Potiphera today. Well, he was the priest of uh, Heliopolis, which is interesting. The Sun Mm. City. The Sun City. Sun. Sun sun imagery. Mm-hmm. Which is which is pretty much throughout the Bible. So, <laughs> so he you, gave him his daughter to be to be Joseph's wife. See, not running from all of the ladies, just the one that was married to his master. Well, and then he was he was made to marry this woman, and then pretty much you know he wasn't to made her. to marry her. He was given her. He was gi- yeah. He was given her. I mean, it's like I mean, are you gonna shit on a present? Oh, thank you. I th- th- she looks lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess mean, I will have kids. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, but I would expect if somebody just was like. Here, John, here's a woman for you that you would say no. Well, yes, I would say no, but that's because I'm not as fucking barbaric as Jews in the Bible. (laughs) If someone's going to be like, here, John, here's a woman for you. I'm going to be like, let me let me just call the police and report some human (laughs) trafficking. (laughs) That's what my training has told me to do. So. Joseph took um, whatever the fuck her name is. Hold on. <laughs> God damn. A senate. A senate. 
uh, married her and went throughout the land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh. Okay. Okay. So Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. And Joseph collected all of the food produced in the seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. So, so he spread the food throughout, right? And, and made sure that everybody was collecting the food as they were required to do so, so that during the seven years of famine, everybody would have food, right? Um, so uh, Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure now. This is where Ben Carson comes in. <laughs> yeah, I know you 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 have a note where a note somewhere. I think it was on the previous page that says mm-hmm. Ben Carson. <laughs> well, because this is this is the story where Ben Carson gets his whole fucked up idea that um, the pyramids were used to store grain for the seven years of famine. Keep, keep in mind for those of you that don't know, Ben Carson is, is our current director of HUD secretary. Or Secretary, Secretary of HUD. HUD. Sorry, Secretary of HUD. That's housing and urban development. This motherfucker is supposed to tell us about housing and urban development when he thinks that the pyramids were used to store grain instead of single dead pharaohs. <laughs> it's like, you don't store food next to dead bodies uh, uh, there, Ben Carson. I don't know what kind of fucked up life you've had. But they were in different compartments. It's not like it's a big fucking hollow... Um, pyramid with one big ass room a dead guy in the middle and grain all the fuck around him that's not what they're like they they have like like the pyramids were like burial chambers i mean they yes but what i'm saying it the the pyramids are broken up into rooms there's rooms inside so like you see i mean the you you have <clears throat> i mean you have the the building stuff that they use to actually build it up up underneath it but I mean, there's there's not like huge compartments in it. Like there's burial, there, there's like single burial chambers. I mean, it, it was it was it, it's it's it, it's basically building the wall across the border of of Mexico, separating the U.S. from Mexico for the Egyptians. It was very much not, but like it had no other like reason for being you had a king's chamber queen's chamber you had this little bitch right here there some of they them can't had see this little bitch doesn't help them at all <laughs> I, a I grand know. gallery okay so but here's the deal there were chambers so it's not like it's a big fucking hollow empty room with a dead body in the middle yeah yeah it is honey no it isn't the dead body isn't just fucking laying on the ground in the middle of the fucking room there well, okay, are chambers no, no, well no the no they're, they're they're in a sarcophagus and stuff they're, i mean they're boxed up in a nice neat package but i'm just saying that it, it's not like the, the the pyramids are riddled with chambers there are single chambers for one single purpose and that's the house the pharaoh and all of his possessions that he's supposed to carry into the afterlife why well, I, I get that so I, I'm what I'm what all that I'm trying to convey here is that there's not a lot of room in the pyramids to actually store grain. Those things were not made to be reopened. I'm, yeah, right. I understand that. So I mean, like, 
anything about Ben Carson that says, oh, this is a competent motherfucker. It should not be pyramid storing grain. <laughs> well, I mean, just because he's a brain surgeon doesn't make him smart. Well, no, true. But uh, my, my whole spiel here is just that there's not enough room in the pyramids to store seven years worth of grain. Right. And, and that there are chambers, but they're very they're very focused on just housing the pharaoh's body. And his shit. And his shit. And his queen. Right. In, in a different chamber, but, you know, still. Right. Well, I mean, I'm you just... don't you don't bury two bodies in the same plot. Well, no. Well, sometimes you do. Sometimes you bury people on top of each other people. You can. If you're Dexter. No. No, not if you're Dexter. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, in Dexter, that's how he killed, that's how he hid the bodies. Oh, like, I didn't watch Dexter, but, like, I mean, in well, real life. Well, no, like, in the books, he how he hid the bodies. There was are he, books? Yeah. There are Dexter books? There were Dexter books before there was a Dexter show. Oh. But in, in the Dexter books, he would hide the bodies uh, in, in freshly dug graves, and then people would come in, put the new body on top of his body, and then have the funeral service and bury them. So, I mean, nobody would ever know. Well, especially and, because when they bury when they bury people, and I know this is probably really weird, probably a lot of people know this, but when they bury people, they actually fill it cement around it. They put cement around the box. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not in but, all. I mean, obviously that's something you have to pay for, but in a lot of them, that's what they do. Oh. Well, um, but in the TV show, he cut them up and uh, threw them into the water. But that was more for, uh, I guess, plot, because his mother was hacked up with a chainsaw, so he hacks people up with a chainsaw kind of deal. Um, that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. But, um, We're so, off on okay. another tangent. Yeah, I know. Pyramids. Okay. Uh, ben Carson. <laughs> so. So it was Joseph's responsibility to make sure that this happened, that that everybody in the seven years of abundance was saving enough food. So before the years of famine came, um, two sons were born to Joseph and Aseneth. Aseneth? I don't know the fuck, whatever her name is. A-S-E-N-A-T-H. Um, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all of my father's household. Um, and Manasseh apparently sounds like and may be derived from the Hebrew word for forget. So I guess that's why. See, they have all these explanations as to this is why they were named is because he made me forget. I don't know why you would do it sounds like. Like, I don't know why we play sounds like games for names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, And the second son was um, named um, Ephraim. And Ephraim sounds like the Hebrew word for twice fruitful. So Ephraim was born and and, um, Joseph said, it is because God has made me. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Um, So anyway, I don't I don't understand the need to put that right there in the middle of all of this other shit. Nobody really cares about his kids at this point in time, but. The seven years of abundance in Egypt comes to an end and the seven years of famine begin. Um, just, just as Joseph said it would. There was famine in all of the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. So when Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. The Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Uh, when the famine had... Spo- I was going to say, 
All right, I want to see you jump on one leg for like an hour. Bark like a dog. <laughs> a big dog. <laughs> hey, in the comments, tell me what movie that's from. Bark like a dog. A big dog. You know? No. Okay. Um. So... I lost my question. So when the famine had spread all over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold the grain to the Egyptians. Uh, for famine was severe throughout Egypt, and all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the world. So apparently there was famine all over the entire fucking world, just like there was water all over the entire fucking world. It couldn't possibly just be a regional deal. Yeah, so there there was complete famine across the entire world, and that is something that we have no record of, like, at all. Like, there's never been a worldwide famine. No, but all of the countries came to Egypt to get their grain, which is interesting because they only saved one-fifth of all of the food during each of the seven years leading up to the famine. They wouldn't have enough food for all the world. Mm, no of course all the world to them is the middle east <clears throat> well true but also it, it's only it's all like they fed all of the world that they uh that would pay so i mean we don't know who couldn't pay and who died be of starvation because they they had no money it would have been nobody cares all, about those people john they're not real people they're not real people they're poor people they're like they're, <laughs> they're, they're like the gays not even real people that's that's what somebody's legit said recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think that he was a uh, he was he was a politician too. Awesome. I know, right? Hashtag Christian values. <laughs> Running the U.S. government. Um. So, Jacob or Israel, Joseph's father. He learns that there was a there was a there was grain in Egypt, and so he said to his sons. Why do you just keep looking at each other? I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may so that we may live and not die. Um so 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. Jacob didn't send Benjamin, who is the youngest of his sons, because he was afraid something would happen to him and harm harm would come to him. Um, so Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain for the famine was also in the land of Canaan. Well, yeah, because it was fucking worldwide. You don't have to reiterate. Oh, it was in Canaan too. Trust us. It was worldwide in Canaan. <laughs> so we may live and not die. <laughs> it's, it's like that through the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's not the end of the story. But that is the end of the day. Yep, yeah, and we're gonna stick to the days so that it matches, you know, up, um, you know, with these daily Bible mm -hmm. chapters or whatnot. So, um, yeah, um, I, I hope everybody um turn turns turns away the master's wife and uh, has <laughs> has a good night. Yeah, y'all, or morning or day, whatever time of day it is where you are yep uh next time though we will be <laughs> continuing with this story yes. and we will find out exactly what kind of maury episode we're gonna have when the brothers the brothers show up show up and see joseph and he's running all of the all Egypt. of the wheat the, the the wheat black market 
Well, and he's running Egypt. I mean, he, yeah. he's running Egypt for Pharaoh. There is nobody. The only reason Pharaoh is more powerful than Joseph is because he has the throne. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interdesting, yes. <laughs> Very interdesting. Yeah. But we're going to continue with that uh, in the next one. So I hope that you guys uh, will, you know, join us for that. Yeah. Don't forget, stand up and use your voice. See you heathens later. Bye, y'all.